Ave Maria Mutual Funds, seeking the moral high ground for 20 years. Pro-life, pro-family, and Catholic values have guided us to the top. And Our Lady, when she told Marie Claire, she said it always existed, but people have forgotten about it. And the way she spoke about it, she said, I want to give you a new gift to the people, all of us to the world, a new gift to reach the heart of God for our healing, for many blessings will come to people through this devotion. Hey, my friends. September is actually the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. But most people don't know what Our Lady of Sorrows is, nor that there's a very special rosary associated with Our Lady of Sorrows, for which there's many, many promises. And here's a really neat thing. The resurgence of this devotion from the Middle Ages came about through Our Lady of Kibeho, a apparition in Rwanda, which predicted the Rwandan genocide. The visionary died in that Rwandan genocide. But the most famous person to come out of the Rwandan genocide, who has told her story and has gone absolutely viral throughout the whole wide world, is Immaculate Iribigeza. And in fact, she now has taken upon herself to promote this very devotion. Stay tuned to this episode of the John Henry Wesson Show with none other than Immaculate herself. Immaculate, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Let's begin as well as do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Immaculate, this is really fascinating. The, the very visionary who you were in touch with sort of, well, I mean, was, was killed in this horrific massacre that yeah. the whole wide world knows about. In, in a way, you've been handed on the mantle of promoting this devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's amazing that you're doing this. You've got a recent book out called uh, Blessing in Disguise. Uh, tell us about this devotion. Tell us about where this came from in the first place. Oh, thank you so much. It is really a joy to be able to speak about the Seven Sorrows Rosary. And uh, yes, I, I know, I, I truly feel like one of those people, uh, our Lord and Our Lady want to, to spread the message because I was given a chance to, to meet the visionary, to hear it from first hand from the visionary, Marie Claire, who was given this task to, to spread the message of the Seven Sorrows Rosary. But I believe that we are many, you know, Our Lady called all of us to be able to help her. She used to appear to her and she would say, my children, help me, help me to, to, to teach the whole world. And I still remember was in the beginning, I was 11 years old. I mean, she lived 12 years more after that, after the beginning. And I used to say, I will help you. And I never knew that I would get the chance, you know, to write books, to meet many people, to speak in front of thousands of people. And then when I did the first time, I said, hmm, maybe this is my chance to help a lady. 
So it feels so good to be able to, to share this beautiful devotion of the Seven Sorrows Rosary to help a lady gain her children, you know, speak to her through the, 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 her suffering, also speak to her about their suffering and because of so many blessings. So the Seven Sorrows Rosary was given to Marie Claire in Kibeho since 1982 when she appeared to her for the first time. It was um, March 2nd. And uh, she, she appeared to her, she was actually the head of the, the crew that was persecuting other visionaries before they, you know, they were accepted by others in school. So our lady told her she wanted her to be the one to spread the seven sorrows rosary. She showed her the rosary. She never knew anything about that. So it's really a rosary that has seven Hail Marys and have seven sorrows of our lady. Many people knew about the seven sorrows, but not the seven sorrows rosary. And Our Lady, when she told Marie Claire, she said it always existed, but people have forgotten about it. And the way she spoke about it, she said, I want to give you a new gift to the people, all of us to the world, a new gift to reach the heart of God for our healing, for many blessings will come to people through this devotion. So she explained to her what it was, because of course, many people didn't know anything about that. And uh, we, we would hear her tell Our Lady, Oh, mother, I, that is, why does it have seven Hail Marys? Why, it have, why is it not 10? So we were learning from her. And uh, she also told her, it does not replace the other rosary. It is a new gift she's giving us for new blessings. And how appropriate, because our country was going to go through a genocide against Tutsis and the suffering that Rwandans went through. And to this day, hearts are still healing. Seven Sorrows Rosary was just a gift to us, especially for what we went through. But Our Lady said, if I am here, it does not mean that my message only concerns Rwanda, not even just Africa. I am coming and turning to the whole world. So what I'm teaching here, I want the whole world to know. So she, she came to Kibeho, but that was the place of God, as she said. So anyway, the Seven Sorrows, it has seven hair mar- I mean seven hair marys, as you can see, and have seven sorrows. And the, the best thing is that our lady was speaking about it in the first person. So she would say, oh, for example, the first sorrow, uh, the prophecy of Simeon. So when she, you know, as you know, the, the custom that time when a firstborn male it was consecrated to God 40 days after they are born. So when Jesus was the firstborn and the only born of a lady, as we believe in our church, she went to, they went to consecrate him. And Simeon turned to Mary and said, a spear will pierce your heart. So our lady said, I want you to put yourself in my shoes. I want you to, to ask yourself, what will I feel if I was her? What do you think she felt? And she said, don't rush through these sorrows. When you pray through the seven sorrows, always put yourself in her shoes so then you are able to feel. And what I have realized is that whenever I have to, which I do every day, when I pray this rosary and I put myself in the shoes of a lady, try to understand what she felt, I can't help but open my own heart to to say, hmm, what did I feel? Would I understand what somebody would feel when you have bad news? Of course, everybody have gone through something when you receive bad news, somebody who's sick or somebody you love who received bad news. And that unites me with Mary. So the first sorrow. So the second sorrow, as she spoke to our lady, I mean, our lady spoke to Marie Claire, 
was the flight into Egypt when Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus. The third, when Jesus was in a, stayed in a temple for three days. But again, we are taken from the eyes of his mother. Three days, a mother without seeing her child. So she, she, she just couldn't sleep. She couldn't eat for those three days. She, it, she suffered, as she said, more than any mother can ever suffer. So again, the genius about this rosary in so many ways, supernaturally, of course, but also there is something really beautiful is that you open your heart, you think about her, what she felt, and then you start to think about what is going on in the world. I mean, I saw the movie, The Sound of Freedom, what a beautiful movie. And to see that such a crime can be happening in our world, but anytime I say now the seven sorrows rosary, I reach especially this sorrow, I think about those kids. And I think about the criminals who do it too, to pray for them that they may convert, you know, and not do such a thing. For the parents who are losing their children, because it just brings you to offer a lady anything around that kind of suffering. And the fourth sorrow, when Mary met Jesus on the way to the cross. And again, our lady wants us to take it from her perspective. Like the third sorrow, our Lord was in, in a temple. He wasn't suffering. He was speaking about his father. He was excited to speak about his father, teaching and, and encouraging people, answering questions and, and, and increasing people's faith. But his mother was dying. That's why, again, it is through the perspective of Our Lady, the sorrows she went through, that becomes such a blessing for us. Because, again, we're able to open our hearts, but we become really good friends. Because I always say, you know, I wrote Left to Tell, as you know, and uh, my experience, I went through the genocide. And many people said, you know, you lost your parents, but they really loved you. And it's true. I mean, my, my mom, my dad, they were good parents. Now I can appreciate them. Before I thought, of course you're supposed to do that. you parents. You're parents. You're supposed to be good. Oh, not all the time necessary. So now I can appreciate the sacrifice. I can remember they made. But anytime I think about their love, what convinces me that I was loved is the sacrifices they made. When my dad didn't go to work because I was sick. When I, he sold his land and his cows so that I can go to school. The sacrifice, the pain. When my mom couldn't go to bed because my brother was sick. That's when I said, wow, we, ha we had a good mom, you know, who will make this sacrifice for us. It's not about the clothes they bought me. So oh, that is done, it's burned and, and it got old. But they love the sacrifices they made. That would make you feel. I was loved, somebody cared. So I love the seven sorrows because I just look at Jesus, look at his mother, and I just feel like this closeness we have, you know, with them, because I'm contemplating what they went through for me. What our lady suffered, it was for us. Our Lord went through it willingly and brought his mother into that so that they can suffer for both of us. I mean, for all of us. So the fourth sorrow, the prophet, uh, when Mary met Jesus on the way to the cross, and again, Our Lady Nikibeho, she was speaking about, many times she spoke about this again. I felt this way. I felt those tones over his head on me. I felt my body aching, where he was aching, how he suffered. So her heart with his, they were united in this suffering. And the fifth sorrow, when Mary was standing under, under the foot of the cross. I still remember when Marie Claire saw this, the visionary, because one time Our Lady spoke about it, but also showed her what she went through, like a movie, like in front of her, they're watching these people. 
when they reached when our lady was under the cross she fell down her teeth were like shivering like you know touching each other like this like a really great pain she was going through and she was screaming what is going what, how can somebody help that woman somebody help her she can't take it this is too much for one person to take it and that man so god was i, I guess our lady hid her that was them but she was able to explain express what was going on like somebody why this man is on the cross he seems like a nice man why are they doing this to her to him and to, to that mother please somebody help she was falling down i mean like fifty thousand people were there everyone was just scared to see the pain in the eyes of this girl but sadness not just like terror but sadness that deep sorrow so then the sixth sorrow when our lady received the body of our lord and again, she was speaking in the first person. I mean, it, it really gets me to this day. After, you know, many years, after almost 30 years, I still just get my heart. And many times I'm crying when I'm meditating on this. So our lady said, when she was washing Jesus, she thought about every stage of his life. When the angel Gabriel came to her, you know, the joy she had, when he was born, when he started to walk, to talk, and now she said, I had him in my hands, lifeless. <laughs> and he was killed. He had done nothing wrong just because he loved us. He gave himself completely. So it just gets you when you feel what this mother had felt. And the seventh sorrow, when they placed him in a tomb. And she said, the new source of her suffering was the loneliness she felt. Since he was born, she lived for him. He was the object of her affection to know where he was, he was preaching. Her life was about him. Now she's a mother without her son and because they killed him, placed him now in the tomb. So she taught us so much to really get close to her, to get close to him, to our Lord, but also to open our hearts. That's why I call my book a blessing in disguise. Anytime I'm praying the, the seven sorrows, which I did this morning, I open my heart, it is really sad, but at the end, you receive so many blessings and it kind of like just relieves your pain. It's really something. I'm in pain. I tell our lady everything I'm going through. And then at the end, I have nothing to suffer. I feel like, you know what? They went through so much more than me. She was pure. I'm a sinner. She's, she never sinned. And yet look what she went through. Not my pain can ever compare to hers. Every time I finish the rosary of the seven sorrows, I'm like, I'm done. I have no more, nothing to complain about. I have forgiven everybody. I have no more complaint. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. A lot of people are going to think that's weird, but I think you've explained it very well because how, when you're meditating upon sorrow, how is that supposed to bring you joy? But I think you've explained very well that how that works, that you, you recognize in Our Lady suffering something beyond that which we could ever suffer. And hearing you say that is striking because I think most people know, but you had to experience the deaths of all of your family members uh, while you were hidden away. You experienced your own sort of purgatory and they're starving, nearly starving to death. But you had to go through that torture. But you see in Our Lady's suffering even more than that which you suffered. You see in Our Lady's willingness and ability to forgive 
those who killed her own son, who killed God Almighty, uh, forgiveness from her, and you were able to forgive uh, in, in that kind of same way. Listen, dear friends, long gone are the days where you and I could just simply trust what the nightly news broadcasted or consider what we read in the local newspaper as the truth. The mainstream media deceives the world, telling them bold-faced lies and often using fear to scare and control the masses. Now, how many of you are already seeing your friends and family back to grabbing their masks or scheduling another vaccine due to the uptake the media is covering about COVID or something else? Well, we've had enough. We can't let the mainstream media shape our culture and influence our family and friends. We must make sure that the truth is available to all to remind and warn the world of the lies that are continuing to be spread. So today at LifeSite, we kick off our fall campaign, and I need your help to strengthen LifeSite's voice for truth, to keep LifeSite News fully operational in the United States, Canada, and around the world. We must raise 500000 by October the 1st. So please pause this video now, pray right now about making a contribution, and then do as you are called to do by the Lord. Thank you for your attention. And now back to the program. It was hard, but you're right. It is truly the sorrows that save, helped me to, to forgive. Because again, when you go through that, watching what our Lord have gone through out of love for me. I mean, he had a body like mine. I remember during the genocide, I used to pinch myself. To this day, I do actually. Earlier, I did it actually today, just today. And I, I don't want to say through his sorrow and his sorrowful mysteries and seven sorrows, just like words and keep going. No, this is somebody I, I love, somebody like my brother, my father. I want to think about him as my family, and he is. He's my God. He's more than just my family. He's my God, my savior. I don't want to take it lightly. And when you pinch yourself, you're like, what? You took the nails for me? You went through this because you care for me? This is how much I'm loved? Many people suffer because they don't know how much they are loved. Many people suffer because they think nobody cares. But it is through those sorrows you realize, wow, somebody loves me to death. I was explaining to the pilgrims, you know, it really the blessing we receive, it is, goes with the heart we put in. You can go to mass and receive nothing. Or you can go to mass and have, have your savior in you, receive him with all your heart and all the blessings because you decide to be present. So the seven souls has a way, our lady taught us, always put yourself there. And once, as I said, you put yourself there, you also are able to open your heart to some of the suffering you have had. And what the therapists do, what they do for people to heal, they just make you talk. How did you feel? And what happened? And with that comes healing. So the, this, this, again, is a blessing in disguise because every sorrow, you touch a different suffering in your heart. And you speak to a lady about that. Sometimes you are crying, but then after you open the door, you can breathe. You, you know, these tears that comes from love, but also crying to your mother, somebody who cares. I remember one of the sorrows I have taught over and over so many times. Some sorrows, of course, I live through the genocide, but I go through other sufferings like everybody. And some sufferings you share with the world. Other sufferings, you have to go through them yourself. Or you go through that with a, you know, a family member or a, you know, like a best friend, you speak to them about that. But when you speak to a lady, you can't hide her anything. 
There's no pain you can bury far away. You expose everything to her. So one of the things, for example, I didn't even think about, but yet was there that have healed slowly. After the genocide, about six months later, I went to look for the bodies of my parents, my brothers. Some of them were burned, but I found my brother who was my best friend, Damasen. I found his bones where they put him just under the ground a little bit. And I was able to recognize him from his teeth. But the shock of seeing your brother as bones, his ribs, it is, it is hard to put in words. But then you don't go to tell people like, oh, by the way, I suffered when I saw my brother's bones. But it's just something buried inside. But every time I've gone through Our Lady washing the body of Jesus, seeing every wound they caused on his body, to try to understand her, I always go back to my brother, what I was able to see, his bones. And then I have to say, what? You, 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 you know that kind of pain of like having somebody you love? And not in the same way necessarily, but still almost the same in that way. So I always have revisited that pain and I cried for years, but now I can revisit it without having to read cosmic, you know, trembling inside because that what used to, to cause me. Like my brother, I saw his feet, bones, not the body. And you just don't have to express that pain. So Our Lady sorrows are meant to help us heal, to invite her in those pain, to invite her when you know you lose somebody, you suffer. But when you bury them is a new type of suffering. And again, you can't even explain to people. Recently, recently I was in Fatima and I heard how Lucia died. They buried her in her convent. And a year later, they have to move her in the Basilica, just like Jacinta and Francisco. And then they said how when they moved her body very slowly, you know, and buried her, got to bury her, the whole village was, everyone in the city was on the, on the street crying, crying like she just died. I'm like, I know what that feels like. There's just some suffering you have only between you and God, and you can't just go to tell people what it is. But seven sorrows allows us to go deep in those. So it is truly a gift Our Lady gave us. I've seen people who have prayer groups of seven sorrows rosary, which Our Lady taught us. Pray it every day, if you can't, at least Tuesdays and Fridays. And the people who have these prayer groups, there is just a joy, like a child. Because when you cry to your mother, after that, you, you just relieved, you know, you are light. So it's truly a blessing in disguise, yeah. Beautiful. So what, what was Our Lady's explanation? Just because it's curious. Seven Hail Marys only because of the seven sorrows? Or, or what are we doing there? Yes. So she gave us a beginning prayer. I have it actually in my book. I mean, this uh, the latest book. And on my website, you can also have the booklet, immaculate.com, the booklet about the seven sorrows rosary. There's a beginning prayer she told us. She said, in the beginning, say, oh my God, I offer you this rosary for your glory and to honor your holy mother, the blessed virgin, so that I can share and meditate upon her suffering. I humbly beg you to give me true repentance for all my sins. Give me wisdom and humility so that I may be able to obtain all the indulgences contained in this prayer. So Our Lady taught us how to say it. And then the second prayer, act of contrition, then three Hail Marys, and then another begin prayer before every sorrow. And then you, the sorrow, as she said, don't rush through the sorrow. Ask yourself, what would I feel? 
And again, I mean, this is why tell us like people who are hurt are the ones who hurt other people. If only people can just meditate and think of their sorrow around our lady, be in her mantle, I think the world will be a better place. Because we are able to understand other people's pain, not hate them, but to understand them. And then we are able to heal through these sorrows. So then in the ending, the second sorrow, the seven Hail Marys, I mean, we took it just as our lady was teaching it. And then the last sorrow, the seven Hail Marys, our father, and then the ending prayer. And the ending prayer, Queen of Martyrs, I beg you, uh, yeah, Queen of Martyrs, you, by the, I beg you, by, by the merits and the tears you shed in these terrible and sorrowful times, I beg you to obtain from me and all the sinners of the world the grace of complete sincerity, sincerity and repentance. And then you do three times, Mary who has conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Mary who has conceived without sin and who suffered for us, pray for us, that's it. Mary who has conceived without sin and who suffered for us, pray for us, three times. And then she gave us graces that come out of that. She said she would hear the tears, especially of mothers. As you think of her sorrows, she will also hear yours. Mothers who are suffering because of their children in addictions. I mean, I've seen so many miracles. One of number one miracle I see. You know, we speak about abortion. What a terrible sin. What a terrible thing that is happening and actually can be accepted by the leaders of countries. It is horrible to think about that. However, there are many couples that are suffering for not having children too, not being able to conceive. And those are forgotten. So through the seven sorrows, I have maybe met, I mean, I speak about this every, every week somewhere. I have maybe more than 100 emails of people who told me they were trying to get pregnant for five years, they couldn't, or 10 years. And they started this devotion, caring for a lady's pain, thinking about her, having compassion on her, you know, understanding our Lord's pain he went through and his mother. And then they receive the blessing of having a child. I mean, I have one couple that spent 10 years trying. One friend of mine, actually, she, she didn't know much about Our Lady. She was Catholic, but who didn't practice at all, almost at all. So I told her, you know, talk to Our Lady. She was like, which lady are you talking about? I'm like, the mother of Jesus. <laughs> you know? So we spoke about this and how she, you know, about our faith and explained about Our Lady, these seven sorrows. And she was ready. She's like, I would do anything. If I can have a child, I will do anything. We prayed together the seven sorrows rosary. Every sorrow she was crying. She was crying. She's like, she went through that. That is too much for one person to bear. And they killed her son and she was only one. I was like, you know what? The way she have this heart of really feeling for Jesus and Mary, I am sure this girl is going to have a child. Two weeks later, she was pregnant with twins. After like seven years, she was trying. So I have seen so many miracles like that. Another big miracle that happened are people, I mean, when I say this, I have to, you know, to say it carefully because I wish, of course, every miracle can happen to everybody who just say it. But truly also, sometimes we realize that if we pray from our heart, maybe the answer may be no, but God will give us the acceptance. So I've seen people who have healed from cancer. One lady healed pancreatic cancer stage four. And she told me, give everybody my phone number. I want to tell them what our lady have done for me. And of course, when people heal, in the end, we die. So the most important thing is to gain that faith. 
and miracles do happen. I have seen them. But to gain the faith that God loves you, our lady is real. She's your mother. She gives these many graces to people. So what, yeah, big miracles of people who heal from sicknesses. Another big miracle, people who heal from addictions. I never knew there were so many addictions until I started to spread this seven souls rosary. So somehow, again, you pray it. It's not magic. It's not something just to touch. It's to pray with your heart and be there for her and for her son. And miracles do happen. I've seen them. What are the actual promises from Our Lady about the rosary? There, there's a number of promises associated. What are those? So there are many, but one that comes to mind is that she will give us, she will hear our prayers more than ever. She will relieve our pain. Another thing, she will, we will be able to defeat the infernal enemy, like the devil. I have one girl also who wrote to me. She said she, was, she saw that promise and she was having nightmares. And, you know, she believed it was an attack from the devil. She will wake up sweating. She was really scared. So she said after she read those promises, she started to say the seven souls rosary before she went to bed. And she said the nightmares came, but she never was scared once again. Hmm. So Our Lady promised that she would protect us. I don't have the booklet with me now, but there are many promises Our Lady gave to give us what we pray for. Of course, as long as we don't, it doesn't contradict the will of God. We are not going to pray for somebody to die, you know, for somebody to get hurt. But if it does not contradict the will of God, it will receive whatever we pray for to protect us from the enemy. Also, she promised for those who propagate this rosary, she will take them from this life to eternal life in heaven. So, of course, if we are doing it sincerely and if we are doing our part in the most honest possible. So here's something very interesting. Our Lady gave this rosary to basically a child. I think it was 12 years before the massacre happened. Yes. In the rosary, she's talking about sorrows. At the end of it, she's talking about, uh, she, she addresses herself as, as the Our Lady of Martyrs or, or something like that. What do you think of having learned that back then before the massacre happened and you're calling now for this to be done in the whole wide world, and it's it's received more spread from you than it had even from the original visionary. So what do you think, do you see any meaning in that and a warning for what we are living through right now and what's coming to us? Yes, completely. You see, one of the messages already have given, have given us, obviously, from what she have lived herself, she said suffering is a part of life. We cannot avoid suffering in this world. And every single person go through suffering, the good and the bad. However, the good and faithful to God, they suffer actually less. Not that they don't go through trouble, but they are able to accept their suffering and have help from God. So one of the things, for example, I remember my brother when he, he was killed, and he wrote me a letter the day before they killed him. And he told me, this is my brother who was scared of dying. If you left him in the darkness, he will scream like, oh, my God, you know, I'm dying. And we will open quickly. The day before they killed him, my brother wrote to me a letter and he said, if I die, do not worry. I will go to heaven because I'm prepared for that. So people who die, yeah, he told me that my, the letter is in my book, Left to Tell, as a copy of that. So people who live with God, even dying, it's like God prepares you. 
I saw people who were there when they killed my brother. They told me he was strong. And he was telling them, you are going to go to, you know, you can end up in hell for what you are doing. I know where I'm going, but what about you? What are you doing is not good. You are killing innocent people. My brother was about to be killed with machetes and he was talking, preaching before they killed him. Where do you get that strength? That is the strength that comes from these prayers, from the seven sorrows, from the grace of God, from the grace of our lady. And when, you know, I believe, truly believe that people who die when they love our lady, when they pray the seven sorrows, they are given the grace to know that is coming and to be strong. So suffering is a part of life. I mean, people who lived in 1800, they all died. People who lived in 1700, they all died. So we will die. But the grace of acceptance and living well, suffering well, offering it to God and uniting our suffering with Jesus and Our Lady. And that to me, what matters. So we maybe will be martyred, but we're not worried about that. You saw my book, my story about, you know, the, it's a, I mean, I left to tell. I still remember in the beginning of the whole time when I was in the bathroom, you know, I hid three months in the bathroom with other seven women. I was in pain. I mean, it was hell. I would have a headache. I was angry. My stomach was aching. How dare, how can this be? What did we do wrong? I had all these questions that were causing me more pain. And then somewhere in the middle of that, the, worst, the, the pain became worse because they came to search for us. They literally stopped at the door by the grace of God. And then they kept coming back. But because of that desperation, it pushed me, and the grace of God, it pushed me to start praying from my heart. But when I started praying, I still remember I prayed 27 rosaries every single day and 40 divine mercy chaplets every single day. And it was through that that I was able to find forgiveness truly by the grace of God. And to this day, I have never gone back to say, oh, why did I forgive them? Or maybe I should not have. Or did I? No, truly peace came to my heart. But I still remember when the situation was a little better, I was suffering more beyond words. And the situation got worse when I was praying, meditating on the sorrows of our Lord. And it felt like I was living in a bubble. I felt the grace of God. And I will cry. I was scared, but not the same way in the desperation. So, and I came out. I remember when I found out my whole family had been killed. I threw the rosary on the side for a few minutes because I thought there's no way I can lose my whole family and feel the way I'm feeling. I am suffering, but not like crushed, not desperate. And there was something almost like a shelter. So the grace of God for those who pray, those who are united with Our Lady, is really palpable. Even if you are dying, you will be able to accept it. I know a very prayerful person who died, you know, a few years ago, and his wife told him, we are praying for healing for you. And he, he turned against his wife, like, who told you I'm looking for healing? I want to meet my Lord. I want to meet our lady. That was a very faithful man. So dying is not the worst thing, not even suffering. The worst thing is to die without God, to live without God. I mean, sometimes you see in the world, people who seemingly have everything and take their life away because they are suffering with something without God. They are suffering in ways that they don't feel that presence of God, really, in, you know, consolation inside. So you hold on to a lady, whatever come, as long as we, we, we hold on to God, we'll be fine. Even if it is in death, then we'll be able to face it. Like the saints have done it. Absolutely. 
something you said really struck me about your brother. Um, you said how um, he's the one who, if left in a dark room, would scream out of fear. Um, how old was he when he died? And, and, and tell us a little bit about that transformation, because I think a lot of people are there. A lot of people think to themselves now, you know, yeah, you know, I'm a Catholic now and I, I love the faith. But gosh, if, if somebody comes to torture me for it and they bend my finger, I'm going to scream and go, ah. And that, that transformation, therefore, your description of him is so fascinating because a lot of people are there. Hey, I'm so scared when I bump my toe, I scream and shout. How's it going to be if if someone asks me to 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 abandon the faith? Otherwise, they're going to kill me or hurt me or harm me. What happened there? It is really, do not be fearful. You pray. You know, I have a scarf right now written, pray, 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 because that is really the message of a lady she gives in everywhere she appears. One thing she repeats, especially three times, pray, pray, pray. That was in Kibeho. I saw the grace of the prayer that comes from prayer. Miracles do happen. You hold on to God. You hold on to the truth and do not worry. Nothing in my life would have ever prepared me that I would ever even take what I went through. I used to cry for like a month if I dreamt that my, my mom died. Then to be like a sorrow, I can't wake up, I'm crying. And then she died. And through prayer, truly, not again that I'm any strong, I found the strength to accept it. My brother, I still remember, we'd been, so he died a month after the genocide had just started because he was hiding. So before we went into hiding, he, I remember he looked at me, he says, how are you strong? You, look, you seem stronger than me. I don't know. I think we're going to die. I'm like, Damasen, even if we die, so what? I always loved our lady so much. And my brother did too. But I still remember that conversation. I don't think I can take it. Just let's keep praying. So the man who hid him, within a month, he had that transformation. The man who hid him, he told me, my, your brother was praying. I mean, he was hidden underground. He was hidden top of the house. He put him in the ceiling of the house. And there was always a threat that they're going to find him. But he prayed to a point where within that month, like a few days before he was killed, he told his friend, I think I will die. And his friend told him, no, you can't think like that. You don't be scared. Don't give up. And he looked at him. He said, no, I'm not giving up. I just feel in my heart. There will be victory because no one can just have the permission to kill other people without God willing it. And he's not going to exterminate everyone. Some will die, others will live. He said, it's not desperation, it's not fear. I just feel my time have come and I will work from up there. So my, my, his friend to this day, he tells me, you, you brother didn't die because he was scared or he didn't, he didn't die desperate. He just felt it was his time. How he felt it, I don't know. And again, he faced his killers. I still go to my village. I meet people who were there. Anytime I go back, I want to ask again, what did he say? How did he look? He said he was talking to us like in conversation. And he actually was calling some people like, you, why don't you do it? Just come and kill me. You, you keep torturing me, thinking that I'm going to change my mind, but come and kill me. I know you're not going to change. Come and kill me. Like my brother was saying that. Not one day he insulted them. He was speaking about heaven. So within that month of intense prayer, he had completely accepted everything. And so that is concerned me a lot. And again, I saw my own transformation when I was praying the rosary every day. And I saw that transformation. 
and, and it really does happen. Another thing, whatever you fear about, instead of being scared, turn it into prayer. Tell God what you, you're scared about. God, please don't let me die this way or don't let this happen. God is almighty. He will do something. There is some story I know in Rwanda or so. They told me recently, this woman who gave a testimony how she survived. So she was with people, a group of people, her family, and the killers were about to find them. So one of the family members said, okay, this is the time we give our soul to God. Just tell him to welcome us because it looks like they're going to kill us. So when the woman, one of them, who survived, by the way, she said, not me. I am not giving you my soul. Not now. I know I will die, but not now. Dear God, please, not now. So they were, she was saying, like, I don't want to give you my soul. Not now. If you are there, save my life. I don't want to die now. I will die later, but not now. And she made it. They hit them. She fell down. And after she woke up, and she survived. So I think I also have learned truly to trust God enough to say, of course, I'm a human. I'm going to die. But please don't let me die this way. God is a father. If you truly mean it from your heart, of course you will die, but maybe another way. I still remember also during the genocide, I remember telling God, let me, I can die tomorrow. I can die next week, but I just don't want to die like this. God hear our prayers. Our Lord told us, ask it shall be given. Knock the door will be open, but pray unceasingly. Let God be, you know, fill your heart. Think of him. Don't, don't give time to, you know, our lady used to tell us in Kibeho, she used to say, my children, don't wear your faith like a jacket you put on Sunday. And when you get home, you remove it. And then you live another life that is not godly. Always have on your faith. Where you, the way you speak, the way you live, the way you visit friends, let your faith be a part of what you think, what you say, what you do. And God is forgiving. God is forgiving. It doesn't mean that you can't fall in sin. I mean, I go to confession every two weeks. And no matter how much I try to do good, I find something I do wrong always, what I could have done and I didn't do that was good, that was necessary, loving somebody, caring about somebody. So God is real and it's really good to trust him and to love him and talk to him like a father. The church is in the greatest crisis of its 2000 year history. The church, our mother, needs your help like never before. Bishop Fulton J. Sheen said, who's going to save our church? It's not the bishops. It's not our priests. It's not the religious. It's up to you, the people. You have the minds, the eyes, and the ears to save our church. Your mission is to see that priests act like priests, your bishops act like bishops, and the religious act like religious. Those are the words of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And yes, we are called to pray and fast. We're all called to pray and fast about this, but some of you are called to lead this fight. Some of you are called to fund the effort. Where are you called? Pray about that and heed the Holy Spirit. As you know, the Synod on Synodality is about to launch. LifeSite will be there reporting every day on what's taking place. And we already know that it will be a scandal. But we are also called to act. And some, especially those called by the Holy Spirit, are asked to speak boldly, to reject the falsehood, and stand 
for the unchanged and unchangeable truth of Christ and his one holy Catholic and apostolic church. If you feel that you are called to be one of those leaders, consider joining us in Rome at the end of the Synod to be there as a sign of resistance to the setting up of a false new church and as a sign of adherence to the only church founded by Christ himself. Rome Life Forum is a two-day strategy conference for Catholic leaders defending the truths which are most under threat on sexuality, family, and liturgy. Are you called to leadership in this fight? Are you called to join us at Rome Life Forum? If so, go to romelifeforum.com and I'll see you in the Eternal City with Cardinal Muller, with Bishop Joseph Strickland, and an army of faithful Catholics such as Michael Matt, Alexander Chugowell, Reggie Littlejohn, Liz Yore, Christopher Ferrara, Terry Barber, Hugh Owens, and many more willing to die for the one holy Catholic and apostolic church of our fathers. This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News. May God bless you. And now, back to the program. How do we reconcile this idea of um, joy and enjoying ourselves while at the same time trying to be um, detached from the things of the world? It's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, our Lord in the Scriptures says, you know, St. John the Baptist fasted and they they called him crazy for doing that. And then when our Lord came eating and drinking, they called him a glutton and a drunkard. Um, we're called to fast. We're called to pray. We're called to detach from the things of this world. And yet there's no sin in enjoying ourselves sometimes and, and, and doing that kind of thing. Obviously not to excess, but where, where do you see a, um, our lady's vision for us in that? I know that she is described by the saints of having basically been detached from everything. Um, and yet she had a lot of joy in this life. Where, where do you see that? Definitely, yes. That's a good question. You know, God is a king of joy. God wants us to be happy. Our lady wants us to be happy. One of the messages, again, she was telling us in Kibeho, she said, suffering is a part of life. As long as you live on earth, it's a part of life. It's like sending a kid to school and ex expect them to do good without having to suffer the time away from friends the time away from just having fun. You have to study. You have to make sacrifices. So the true joy comes from a balance of sacrificing and of course, enjoying. Enjoy the company of your friends, but also go to study. So then you will be able to do good in school. So Our Lady wants us to be happy. Just don't let the enemy lie to us. There is some, what we call enjoyment that comes from sin or comes from laziness. So there's a balance between working between also being silent, between resting and working, speaking, laughing, be silent. As long as you know in, you, in your heart, you are not doing wrong, you are not sinning. And if you sin, go to confession, you will be happy. For example, in Kibeho, when she came to appear to, you know, to, to the visionaries, she told them about self-mortification. Like this body had to submit to the spirit. I always say, this is how I see it. I feel like we have a body and we have our soul and this cohabit together and they need one another. But if I feed my, so my body so much 
that I forget to feed my soul, which is prayer, sacrifice, detach from the things that make this body too, you know, joyful or having too much fun and detach from that so that there is a balance. If I feed three times my body, if I take snacks twice, so that's five times, I need to pray more because I want the soul to rule over the body. There's a proverb in Rwanda we have. We say, when the body is too satisfied, the soul is sleeping. He fall, the soul falls asleep. So in some ways, you have also to satisfy the body in a good way that is not sinful to God, but also let the soul rule. Take the time so that this body is not ruling the soul. So it's really a balance, again, in a mystical way, in a very mysterious way, that's how it works. We work and we, we rest, you know, we suffer and then we are joyful as long as we are close to God. And this world, we also have to remember that this is an exile. The true joy, full joy will happen when we are in heaven. So not now. So we have to have that balance. But the true joy also comes from giving ourselves, accepting those suffering. You know, there's one thing I really love. I, of course, I, with my work, I, I do a lot of charities. I can say a lot of, I do the best I can. You know, I truly cannot just, oh, let me take care of myself and just my children or my family. I have to take care of people I don't even know, you know? So, however, it brings me such a joy to care for somebody I expect nothing from. Just to, I don't even know. Like, I, I, let me pay insurance for people in Rwanda, in this area. And I have realized that the more I don't know them, the more happy I am. To help some way, I'm not expecting something. So why does it work that way? Why does it give you joy? I don't know, but that's how it works. Over something else I wrote in my book, Left to Tell, there's a priest who told me after the genocide. He was also a psychologist. He have learned you know, psychology. I went to him and I was crying. I miss my parents. I miss my brothers, my grandparents. I mean, 30 years later, I still cry. Not out of anger. I cry because I love them and, and I miss them. And I've been privileged to have many dreams about them. However, when I told him right after the genocide, I was crying and I thought, okay, good. He's a good priest. He's just going to give me a pill, something. Maybe he just tell me what to do. Then this pain will not be so much, you know, of missing them. After he heard me, he said, I don't know what happened to you, but you are not as broken as many people. What happened? What did you do? I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't you see how broken I am? <laughs> do you see what a mess I am? I was crying. He said, no, what you are suffering from is the lack of affection of your loved ones. But you are together somehow. I don't know what happened to you. And then he said, but that affection, there is a way you can get it back. I said, how can I get back the affection of my mom? She's not here anymore. She say, he said, what we our Lord have told us? He said, by giving it. And be careful of how you give it. Give it to those who need it most. And he started to name. He said, go to the hospitals. Find the people who have no one to visit them. And visit them. Look at them how you wish your mom would look at you. Treat them how your dad will treat you how your brothers will care for you. Take them, not the shirt that is old, take them a nice one. Like what do you know your parents will do for you? Okay, but that's the Bible. And then he said, go to the orphanage, hug those kids as if your mom was hugging you. 
Like give them like your best, don't hold back. Clean them, you know, touch them how you wish your parents would touch you. If you do that, the joy, the love will come back to you, which I didn't understand much. But I said, you know what, let me do that. And I started to go to Mother Teresa orphanage. I mean, I spent time there. They became my family in Rwanda. I would hug those kids. One would be sitting on my shoulder, another one on my head, another one on my lap. I just loved them. Like I had to close my eyes and remember her mom would hug me. And I am not kidding. It healed my, my life to another level. Just by loving, by caring, by giving myself, by getting dirty with those kids. I let them clean their hands on me. And that made me feel good and healed and gave me joy. So it's really, you can't try to explain scientifically this happened, how can you be happy? You follow Jesus, you pray, you sacrifice, you fast one day a week, twice a week, the joy will come to you. You love another person, give yourself without expecting, there's a great joy that will come to you. So I leave it more by experience and by trying to listen than trying to understand. And the results are always so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Immaculate, how absolutely beautiful. Tell us, where can we get your book? And where can we get a Seven Swords Rosary? Oh, thank you. So you can get my book. Um, actually, I send it signed on my website, immaculate.com. Also, the Seven Swords Rosary, you can get them there. You can also follow me on Instagram. I really love to, to post just a few things that will really encourage people. The other day I, I posted this man, I mean, this priest, beautiful priest, God bless him, Father Slavko. He was saying, you know, anytime you start fasting, you, people ask you, why? Why are you doing that? And then he said, it is more dangerous to eat too much than fasting twice a week. I'm like, that's exactly it, you know? So also I posted like, the, the miracles that are happening on my, and there's my sh- shop also on my Instagram. My last name, Ilibagiza Immaculate. That's how, my address. So yeah, on my website. And I hope, please, if anyone wants to come to Kibeho with me, I take pilgrims. I truly do it because our lady said, bring me my children. So the visionary will tell us and we say, okay, we would do that. And the first time I remember I took pilgrims, they were 14. And in a week I was speaking like to 5,000 people and I took 14 people. And I thought, what am I going to do? In a week, 14 people, that's it? And those 14 people went to Kibeho. Everyone came and became an apostle. They went and spoke to their church. They reached more people I could have ever reached in, in, in one week. So you, again, listening to a lady, we just have to close our human intelligence and just do her will. So if you ever want to come to join me on a pilgrimage, as Our Lady invited us, there are so many blessings that are given. Beautiful. Immaculate, thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. you. And uh, all that you're doing for him and for Our Lady. Absolutely beautiful. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.